This podcast contains our own personal views not associated with any organisation. Coronial contains descriptions of death inquests that may be graphic and disturbing to some listeners. Discretion is advised. Welcome back, everyone, to Coronial. I'm Georgie. I'm Emma. And I'm Alice. So this week, I'm going to be discussing the death of Peter Hickey, who died, and I quote from the coroner's words here, as a result of substandard clinical judgment from doctors at the beginning and end of an executive health screening program, combined with the misalignment of incentives amongst the various business entities that facilitated the process. So essentially private medical company using a health screening program for profit without considering the risk to the clients as they're defined rather than patients. Oh, problematic. Yes. Please let me tell you more. Mm. (laughs) So Peter was a healthy 43-year-old at the time of her death and was a wife, mother, and successful business executive at Programmed, which is a business – provider of staffing and facility management services and then because they're called programmed organizing a executives health screening program Uh, it will get very confusing (laughs) yep it was through her work that she was invited as part of the business management team or executive leadership team to undergo a voluntary cardiac health assessment and it was during this assessment that she had an anaphylactic reaction which caused her death in may 2019 so the two main issues discussed at the coronial inquest, which was released in November 2021, included whether Peter should have undergone the scan at all that mm. led to the anaphylaxis, and that was because the scan performed occurred in circumstances outside of those permitted by the Medicare benefit schedule, and whether the staff at the private imaging service should have been able to better manage her anaphylactic reaction as well yeah, to prevent right. her death. So I'm going to start on the scan and how that came to be first. I'm going to make some comment here about this inquest of this coroner needed to learn to be more concise. What hence, state? Uh, Victoria. Okay. Uh, and hence, this is going to be a very shortened summary of what mm-hmm. was discussed. But I think I've covered the main points yep. and the main stuff. And the other point that I want to make is it gets very convoluted about who is involved where and how their involvement relate from each of these processes in terms of which is a paid-for service and which is not. Mm. So the Employment Health Assessment was known as a Cardiac Health Assessment Program, CHAP for short. (laughs) The CEO of the business that Peter worked for, programmed, he suffered a cardiac arrest while on a business trip to Japan and hence on his return to work wished – and in good faith, to be able to provide a cardiac screening assessment to his executive management staff. So he's had a heart attack. It's been a real scare for him. Mm-hmm. How can we look into all of the other people that might be at risk who don't currently have symptoms to see if it can prevent any of them having heart attacks, essentially? Right. So it was in the CEO's opinion that it was a flaw that doctors in Australia refused heart checks to asymptomatic individuals as a result of no Medicare rebate. So Medicare being the medical services scheme in Australia responsible for benefits relating to medical services so that a cost is rebated for that service if certain conditions are met. I'm going to highlight that the coroner felt that the opinion formed by the CEO about 
the Medicare not funding it mm. was mistaken. Yeah, right. And that the aim of reducing the risk of a cardiac event, which could be fatal for his staff members, with the costs of the scheme being covered by business, was a flawed thought process to yeah. to have, even though it was with good intentions. Mm. Yeah, he was coming at it from that personal yeah. aspect that wasn't well thought through. Yeah. It was a reactionary. Yeah, process. Yeah. Absolutely. So he ultimately then conveyed this thought of wanting to establish this screening assessment to one of his managing directors. And unfortunately, the planning of this, whilst well-intentioned, was pretty poor by this subsequent managing director. The managing director that he assigned this task to was also due to leave the company soon. And in order to get everything wrapped up before he left, Mm. he rushed this process through as well. And he's also not not even just not a medical professional, but not even in medical admin or, you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. putting together a medical program based on no experience. So then if that was something that was in your job requirement, what would you then do? If you I was research. the one, yeah. And seek some advice. So let's yes, talk about absolutely. that. Absolutely, get some Let's talk about seeking advice. the advice. There was none, I'm guessing. There was some. Dr. Google? No. So this managing director engaged with a company called Priority Care Health Solutions, primarily through their managing director, to facilitate the assessments of the staff. And Priority Care Health Solutions facilitate and coordinate medical assessment programs. So to me that sounds like when you need to get a medical fitness for a certain type of job. Yeah, they'll coordinate the service for you, but they are not the medical service. They're the coordinator. Middleman. Middle yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interestingly, just to like side note here, this managing director of Priority was also the managing director of MRI Now, another company that was involved in this assessment program. And that was, again, not a medical company, but in fact, a booking service for medical services. So right. you went into MRI Now and they told you, oh, this radiology service down the road from your house we'll be able to facilitate the scan that you need should we contact them for you and organise your booking of that. So kind of like health engine a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but for radiology services. So, yes, actually very good example. Mm. And so he, as the managing director of Priority, was like, oh, cool, let's organise MRI now to coordinate this Mm -hmm. service, which to me sounds like a bit of a conflict of interest because they were then both being – paid for the services they were providing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of middle management going on in this process right now. Yeah, I feel like it's not a very streamlined process. No. <laughs> After that, the managing director of programmed the company that Peter worked for, then established an informal relationship with a medical officer that he met at a conference who suggested a coronary artery CT would be a reasonable possibility for a cardiac screening program. So this managing director followed up with him via email and they established a bit of informal chat around that where the doctor said, yep, this would be a good scan. Here's a link to what it is plus other assessment plus a lifestyle questionnaire. Yeah, right, which maybe is a good place to start. Yeah, order was not really generally dictated from that perspective. The managing director, however, took this response to the email as formal advice but in reality the doctor was just 
following up the conversation that they'd had at the conference. But this doctor did then make a comment that whilst he knew it was informal advice, it was actually in that intent to potentially get involved and or become employed in said program. So the coroner was kind of critical around him giving that informal advice and should have known that he should have been doing more well thought through research or providing that background to why he was providing that opinion rather than just a general you should do this. opinion. Yeah. So following this limited, somewhat informal advice via a random email through a person he had an informal relationship mm. with before, but not someone that they contracted, not someone that they paid, not someone that they employed or ever had yeah. any further follow-up with. Yeah, that's tricky, isn't it? It was decided that the plan for the coronary artery calcium score CT, along with a standard health check and a cardiac risk assessment, was conveyed to the CEO to discuss this is how we could plan this assessment. Along with this recommendation, though, the managing director completed some minimal research, which was wholly inaccurate and inappropriate for him as a non-medical individual to be completing this task to provide as medical research to the health assessment. Yeah. Because you'd be reading things and not actually understanding. So it turns Mm -hmm. out it's a coronary artery calcium score CT and he attached a link to a coronary artery angiogram fact sheet. And, look, I can see if you're not medically trained at all you those two things i have no idea what the, the difference same, between those things are i mean I, different. they uh, sound different yes but i don't know what the difference is and neither did he or mm-hmm. the ceo that were establishing this program and they, they didn't do a quick google to check they were the same thing so then the ceo decided to accept the advice from the managing director and began presenting it to the company for formal inclusion for provision to the executive staff Does it go into whether they had any type of health check or health assessment built in like was that a benefit to working for the company that you got like one free health assessment a year they didn't document any other health assessments that occurred yeah, with their company a, or anything it definitely like that. seemed then that it wasn't they were just introducing this new thing because of the experience the ceo had had yeah it wasn't built into the company culture of like we give you one free gp visit a year or something like that no not that was ever discussed in the yeah. inquest Interesting. And so based on all of this, the coroner found that, as I quote, the process by which programmed went about obtaining the purported medical advice pivotal to and relied upon in the development of the cardiac health assessment program, CHAP, was inadequate and no proper risk assessment was carried out or even considered Mm -hmm. along with it. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it may be helpful, but what are the risks involved? Yeah, mm-hmm. and which not may even have considered. happened if they'd employed the person, they, that medical officer they talked to who was wanting to get involved. Yeah, maybe or, but they also would as a CEO of a business, not only should you be looking at benefit, you should be yeah, looking at risk, that's risk right, whether yeah. it's medical or not. Yeah, true. But because he even was so – risk to your reputation as a business. He had a personal – desire for this and so i think yeah. that that had some clouded judgment there too involved yeah he was very invested in yeah. yeah yeah so at some point following the decision to commence the assessment it was determined that the ct scan would occur without any prior review by a health professional and ultimately the lifestyle and other health review was a telehealth conference following your ct what's wrong order 
how this decision came to be made was contested by almost everyone in the inquest. Yeah, right. Because it probably happened in a meeting that involved multiple other things. People remembered it differently. It yeah. happened years. Yeah, no one wanted to yeah. say, oh, yeah, that, that happened. That and this was is me that said we should do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it couldn't be clearly decided upon. And the coroner was like, it's unnecessary. It happened. And by the time of Peter's death, which was, I think, almost 12 months after the initiation of this program. All those who were involved in the delivery and development of the assessment were certainly aware that no pre-assessment was happening to assess for the suitability of the CT scan in the first place for any of the participants. So the next issue of the screening program was then, well, how, if they weren't having any pre-assessment, were they even being referred for the scan? And who was then responsible for the results? So in Australia, if you're going to have any kind of medical imaging a request from a medical or health professional is required. And typically this is following you being reviewed by them. Yeah, so you can't just call up a radiology clinic and be like, I want an X-ray of my arm. Yeah. With no other GP visit or hospital visit or anything Someone has to have written you a request. Yeah, right, okay. So in this case, staff were being invited to have the CT scan without any prior medical review. And it was highlighted by the inquest that a single doctor's signature was provided on all CT requests for these assessments and all had no clinical information about the patient. Who was that doctor that signed all of those? Like someone who was approached by the company to sign all of these documents? So the doctor whose signature was on it denied knowing that he was the referring doctor for the scans, which the coroner contested. Yeah, because you signed a piece of paper you should be reading. Did he sign it or was it... He signed a piece of paper for the company that was distributing the requests. Yeah. And then another individual was using a pre-signed form for all the requests. Oh, oh no. This individual claimed that he had been given permission by the doctor for a previous request. So he admitted that there had been some chest x-rays that the doctor had been like, Here's my pre-filled form. Happy for you to just chuck the patient details on it. Yep. Because a chest x-ray is quite a- Low risk. Yeah, not risk-free, but low risk. And in the circumstance, the doctor felt that that was okay. I want to stress here that that is technically not okay. Okay. Yeah. You should be reviewing each patient's details details and reason why you're requesting it. But then that individual took that to a more open consent to do it for further requests. That's putting that doctor in a really tough position there, isn't it? Yes, Mm. but the coroner said you were then getting the report that stated you were the referrer. Because they'd be sending to them. And he would have read over a dozen of these scan reports, and so the coroner felt that it was unreasonable that he would not have known that he was the referrer for these. Mm. So Yeah, true, because if you're receiving all these reports and you'd go, hang on a second, I don't remember signing this, and then that should trigger you to go back to them and say what are you But he claimed that he'd never seen his name on any of the reports. But the, your name has to be on the report, otherwise how does it get As sent the referring to you? doctor. Otherwise how do you receive it? He was also part of the team that was doing the post-assessment telehealth, yeah. which again we will come to. Yep. So his argument was, oh, but I was involved in reviewing them as part of that. See, this is how it all gets very convoluted. Oh, yep. Yep. There's too many people involved. I like the quote from the inquest of every medically qualified witness including the doctor himself, agreed that referring people for a test without reviewing them first is poor medical practice. 
I mean, well, look, I'm glad they agreed with that, but maybe they should have exercised that judgment before. This but I guess happened. it's hard because he also didn't know he was referring the patients in the first place. Well, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, like, uh, so yeah. yes, you can agree that that's you know poor practice. Poor practice. But, you don't but know he didn't realize that it was. Happening. But he did apparently given some implied consent at some point along the way. But that seems very implied to me. Yeah, the scenario and that yeah. it seems that the guy got an impression. Took some that it was okay yep. and then ran with it. Yeah. So the coroner said he's in action in preventing the use of his information for the referrals, which he should have known, also therefore kind of gave implied consent. Uh, so then the third company, no, fourth company involved was JobFit, and they employ doctors to do these kind of screening follow-up type assessments in like a work health kind of environment. Mm. And JobFit was the company that actually employed the individual whose signature was on the request forms. Now, he was employed by JobFit as a full-time employee, so it doesn't appear like he was getting any personal commission or anything for the reviews that he was doing following their assessments. But JobFit became involved as one of the managers from programs, contacted them saying, We're getting these CTs done. We need someone to be following them up. But also, hey, could you prioritize that doctor to be the one doing the follow-up reviews? Because they knew that his signature was being involved Mm -hmm. in that process and that he was aware and had been involved in the development of this assessment program. And so it was all very convoluted that everybody knew everybody and was kind of referring to everybody else to try to streamline it, yes, but also in such a way that actually made it so much riskier. And there's just, again, there's just so many people involved in this right now. Yeah. How are there that many people and so many companies involved? Yeah. And then for them to all come out in the inquest and be like, but we're not a medical company. Yeah. Oh, mm. Except for JobFit, the final one. Yes, they are a medical company, but the Priority and MRI now denied that they were a medical service company. Like, yes, you don't employ doctors, but you are involved in the distribution of medical No, they're they're involved in the booking and coordination of. I know, right? I really enjoyed them trying to argue that. But anyway, when JobFit was contracted for these follow-ups, they were kind of of the understanding that there would be a medical report sent to them along with the lifestyle questionnaire of which the medical report portion was never received. So when Peter went to have her scan, she was the second cohort of staff who underwent the cardiac assessment. The first cohort was the top level of executives, and it mm-hmm. appears that Peter was then in the next level down. The referral occurred through an email from Peter's direct manager who nominated her as part of a senior leader's team of the business. And so I'm going to quote her exact email just so you can understand the language that was used. Earlier this year, I participated in a cardiac medical assessment that our CEO commissioned for senior leaders. About 30 leaders participated in the initial round, which included a cardiac CT scan and coronary artery calcium scoring, followed by a telephone consultation with a cardiologist. It is a good test to identify any early issues with heart health and is funded by the company. Following this first round, I was asked to nominate additional senior leaders in my business to be offered the chance to participate, and I have put your name forward. Gosh, so it's like, this is a privilege Side that note. you've been... But also this sounds like a pyramid scheme. <laughs> it kind of does, doesn't it? And then it was followed up with... It's voluntary, of course, and no personal health information is shared back to the organisation. And so I, I was like, it's so personally emotive. Yeah. And a little bit 
persuasive slash pressuring. Yeah. Mm. I think in that wording. And that's, that yeah, I'm happy that, to it's, say. It's sort of like a, this is a real good opportunity the business is, has got for you. You should really take it. Yeah. yeah. And it's sort of like you have been selected for yes. it as well. Like not everyone gets this opportunity. Yeah, you should selected. take this. If you I have specifically selected yeah. you as a, you know, one of 30 people or whatever yep. mm-hmm. to do it. So, yeah. Uh, and Peter's husband reported that Peter felt that way in terms mm. of she felt that she would be pressured to undergo the test, that she worried that if she didn't do it, would it be seen as I'm hiding something to the company mm. because I don't want this heart Or check. I'm not a team player or yeah, yeah. I don't care about I'm not a company yeah. player. Mm. Obviously, she went ahead with the scan. Surprise. <laughs> 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 and so, again, with the, like, really convoluted way of this working as well that just, like, I couldn't wrap my head around. So she responded to that email that her manager had sent that had a link in it to book this. And that email was from Priority, the facilitating company, which then prompted her to book the scan through MRI Now, the booking company, to book with the imaging service, which ended up being Future Medical Imaging Group, happened to just be the closest radiology option for her that was the most convenient that could facilitate the scan that yep. they were booking in. So then a request form came through for the CT scan on an MRI now letterhead with the signature by the doctor who we know his signature was being used fraudulently anyway. And so as I've mentioned, the CT request came through on MRI now letterhead, the business that claimed that they were not a medical service <laughs> and was also reported that the referral was not generated by MRI now, but in fact, priority were the ones that generated it. Now, let's remember the managing director was the managing director for both these two companies, mm. MRI now and priority that mm-hmm. was involved in setting this up. Yeah. And so I just find it really convoluted that they were all working together and neither of them claimed to be medical services, but yet they were the one that produced the request form. And at this yep. point, job fit, the one that were doing the follow up medical advice and telehealth assessment like weren't even involved in any of this yeah whereas they should they they should have been the ones generating the referrals yes and the requests but they potentially no it was one of their doctors that was that was actually involved on that so ultimately she booked her scan for the first of may 2019 she arrived on the day of her scan and she was asked to complete a standard questionnaire which each patient is required to sign before any care or procedures that are undertaken. And this included general screening questionnaire when you're having a CT, including information on the procedure and health information and that you're going to get contrast today and and allergies and a bit more about your personal information. But this is all regarded by the imaging service that she went to as consent for the procedure. So there was no specific consent form that she signed. Or conversation with any kind of medical professional about that to ask questions or anything like that. Mm. So, yeah, the coroner was quite critical of the fact that she didn't get any sort of fully informed consent for the CT mm. and therefore didn't appropriately consent to the procedure that she was undertaking, nor was she given any information about possible alternatives. Because this is yeah. a screening assessment, like – she should have been informed that, you know, there's alternate options, you know, if you don't feel like you need a screening assessment for cardiac health because you have no risk factors, you're relatively young, you're female, 
if you don't smoke and drink heavily, all that kind of stuff. No family history. Yeah, none of that was gone through with her. Yeah, right. And then I guess also, so yes, the coroner was critical of the imaging service, but also they often rely on the fact that whoever's referred has had that conversation with them yeah. about mm. the scan in the yeah. first place. Yeah, because that, that would make sense. The GP or whoever is referring would have had that conversation and yeah. they're like, this is what I think we should do when they talk yeah. through what that would involve. And Yeah. Mm. So with this questionnaire, she then also had a little bit of a health of the day screening with some vitals and obs and stuff to make sure that she was well on the day, at which point it was noted that her heart rate was 70 beats per minute which given she was having a cardiac scan they needed it to be a little bit lower so they actually prescribed her a medication which lowers your heart rate down to about 60 called metoprolol why does it have to be lower than that because i thought 70 was pretty standard i don't know Mm -hmm. but i would assume if you're trying to take images of a coronary artery Mm -hmm. the less movement through a lower heart rate is simpler but i don't know the answer specifically there and the person prescribing that medication to her was a doctor was the radiologist who was in another room so the office support when i've taken her heart rate it's 70 she's having said scan as per our protocol we want it lower than that do you think that we should as per our protocol yeah and he would have been like yep happy days here you go still hadn't met her at this point so hadn't yeah assessed her themselves no Although he claimed to have, and the coroner found that this was probably false in the sense that the coroner was trying to be quite polite about it in terms of this radiologist through this horrendous experience was so shocked, traumatised and just unable to comprehend what had happened in terms of the day, just made a really unreliable witness because he just couldn't actually provide any useful information through not that he was trying to not incriminate himself. It was, yeah, it was just I don't remember because my mind has kind of just just blanked that blanked out. Blanked it out. Or, out. You know when you like, you know, it's two years later and you're trying to remember an event and there's oh, all the things you wish you should have done. Yeah. And you start kind of like almost convincing yourself that you had done yeah. some of those things or like, did I or didn't I? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, she went on to have her scan at 10.15 with the contrast injection occurring at that time. And within two minutes, she became nauseous, had bloodshot eyes and red skin, and ultimately was not responding appropriately mm. to questions. Still alert, she just wasn't able to respond appropriately. So concerns were escalated by the radiographers in the room doing the scan to the radiologist on site, and it was requested that an ambulance was called. Two radiographers, a radiography intern and the office manager, therefore began caring and assisting. And ultimately they then further urgently escalated to the radiologist who was in the room within a couple of minutes of this okay. escalator. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yes, they're caring for them, but the radiologist will probably be in the room as well. Yeah. So it sounds like they're initially like, something's not right. Yeah. Told him. He was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. And then they went. No, no, right now. Yeah. (laughs) Which seems fair. Yeah. And he did admit during this, in his 20 years of practice, this is the only time he has ever managed a severe anaphylactic reaction to contrast eye. And he had been a practicing cardiologist for 20 years. Radiologist. Sorry, radiologist for 20 years. So I think that urgency wouldn't have initially kind mm, of yeah, been Yeah, because it's, situ- it's not a workplace where that would happen very often. Like there's a possibility for it, but yeah. 
It's not like an emergency department where everything's an emergency. It was only his second shift working in this particular radiology practice, but he had practiced for 20 years previously at various other similar environments. So on arrival, the radiologist felt Peter's symptoms were consistent actually with a seizure because she had started being unresponsive and frothing at the mouth and having convulsive black movements. Right. So he began trying to ensure that her airway was stable with a bag valve mask, or you guys might know the Ambu bags that are orange. Oh, yeah. And I've done a lot of hand movement. Don't know if that's actually helpful for a podcast. (laughs) And then another individual was trying to ensure that Peter actually remained because she was still on the CT bed, which I don't know if many people have had a CT, but they're quite thin. I don't have a lot of room for movement on them. Right. And another individual in the room was trying to get vital signs but let's remember that the radiologist is the only one with direct medical knowledge there's no Mm. nursing staff radiographers aren't necessarily trained in nursing skills or medical skills yeah and it all became very chaotic and what actually happened in this period of time a little unclear yeah right there's so many people have different Very stressed and running around and trying to having different recollections and someone tried to document some stuff which seemed reasonable but was hard to tell because, yeah. again, they were very like, not used to anything like this yeah. happening. Ultimately, because she was having a seizure, the radiologist requested that some diazepam be administered, which is a medication used to control seizures or stop them. It was about five minutes into this kind of situation happening that that was requested. He instructed one of the other staff to give it through the IV cannula that was already in for the IV contrast. Yep. And then at some point, a couple of minutes later, he also instructed for some IV hydrocortisone as well, which is a steroid medication used to reduce inflammation. It's kind of unclear what the specific target of the hydrocortisone was. Mm. And like, so a radiologist is a doctor. Yes. But they have specialized in, in that field of image interpretation. Yes. And, like, if you're that experienced in radiology, you haven't had that emergency experience for a long time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely for him. As he said, it was his first anaphylactic Mm. reaction to contrast that he'd managed in his 20-year career. And then a radiographer is the individual that actually makes the machines (laughs) run. I think they also inject the dye as well. So the office manager was the person who ended up phoning the emergency services and at one point returned into the room to ask if adrenaline had been administered. Mm-hmm. And it was about this time that another staff member noted that Peter was unresponsive and turning blue. Right. Mm. And it seems unclear as to whether anyone had mentioned this could be a contrast reaction. Yeah. But it certainly, again, I think it was just such a chaotic environment that no one really was saying this is anaphylaxis. Mm. It was the radiologist being like, this could be a number of different things. Yeah. So the ambulance arrived at 10.35, which is 20 minutes after the initial CT scan had started Mm -hmm. and probably somewhere around that 12 to 14 minutes after she became quite seriously unwell. Okay. Mm -hmm. Adrenaline had not been administered prior to their arrival and the radiologist explained in the inquest that his priority at that point in time was managing her airway as per his sort of understanding of emergency management skills. Mm. And it sounds like he got fixated on this is what I must do. I'm the only one who has that skill to do it and was struggling to therefore 
assign other yeah to delegate other yeah delegate other things to other people who aren't yeah. trained in them. He also described that Peter's symptoms were non-specific and hence was reluctant to administer adrenaline. Nor did he think that the people that were there with him were able to actually administer adrenaline for him in the sense that it would have been recommended as an intramuscular injection, so much like when you have your vaccines, and he didn't think that the staff there would have the skill to do that, which the coroner refuted because he asked them to give IV medications Yeah, and he instructed them how to do that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So the coroner was kind of like, well, yes, but no. Hmm. You instructed them to do something else, so you would have been able to instruct them how to do that as well. But, again, the coroner was kind of saying he also just was unsure about which areas of resuscitation to prioritise, and so for him it was the airway. Especially if your initial thought is she's having a seizure. So when the paramedics arrived, they found Peter unconscious and generally cyanosed with the radiologist managing her airway. She had a weak pulse and was not breathing on her own and noted that Peter had a large amount of secretions around the bag valve mask. And was she on her back or was she in the recovery position right now? Actually, I'm not sure because she was either on her side or on her back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so these paramedics that arrived then suctioned the secretions and then they started providing oxygen for her ventilation, which I'm like, oh, he'd not actually connected any oxygen yet. Was there oxygen available in yes. the room? Okay. Well, in their emergency kit, yeah. Okay. So they, uh... they, they did have the ability to provide oxygen. So for those 15 minutes before the paramedics arrived, her mouth was full of secretions mm. and he was using a bag of room air to pump into her lungs. So he was not adequately ventilating her. Yeah, right. Was trying but not successfully. No. And at no point had anyone kind of really highlighted this is an allergic reaction at this point. So five minutes later, another two paramedics arrived and these were intensive care paramedics to assist both sets of paramedics struggle to get information about what was going on in this whole scenario. So they're then assuming that she's got some sort of heart condition. Yeah. No one, like the paramedics were stating, like, they didn't know why she was there. Does she have an acute yeah. medical problem? Does she have a history of seizures? All mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. And no yep. one knew any information. No one's got any Why is she at this radiology it? practice? Why is she having this test? Yeah. Is it for a diagnostic purpose? Yep. Is it because she's been diagnosed with blah, blah, blah? Is she having a cardiac scan because she has a cardiac problem? Yeah. And so that also confounded that Mm. situation. As they were doing that, they noticed she wasn't breathing effectively and so they went about intubating her. Following the intubation, she then arrested. They started some CPR, did that for about 15 minutes, and then she had return of spontaneous circulation. During the CPR across that 15 minutes, she was given intravenous adrenaline as per advanced life support practices for someone who is arrested and they did that a further three times during that 15 minutes at which point she started to improve and then further adrenaline was administered and she was ultimately put on actually an adrenaline infusion right and that was the first time that she got adrenaline ultimately in the context of cpr rather than the context of anaphylaxis however the paramedics had been preparing for this and would have been administering adrenaline had she not arrested so the bit where the the triple zero operator asked has adrenaline been administered that didn't trigger anyone in that room at that time to think it hasn't been maybe it should be and we should do that it's very unclear Mm. as to yeah why that didn't trigger anyone 
administering it. Because I assume they would have EpiPens in their... No, so they didn't have EpiPens, but they did have adrenaline in their emergency kit. And ultimately one of the radiographers had grabbed the adrenaline thinking that at some point they would be instructed to administer it. But Mm. because the radiologists were there, no one had instructed them to do it, so they would... And being not a medical professional, they're not going to just decide to do that. In terms of having an EpiPen, absolutely was a recommendation of the coroner of the radiologist claimed that they wouldn't be able to instruct the radiographer and the radiographer wasn't confident in going ahead and doing it without someone else's instruction. And so the coroner was like, train the radiographers and put EpiPens in all the... Yeah, because EpiPens uh, are designed to be used by the public. Mm. Yeah. And that will fix that solution. Yeah, like having adrenaline, that's good, but you then need to draw it up, you then need to administer it. Mm -hmm. You have an EpiPen. Absolutely. That was entirely Anyone who's first day trained is able to use an EpiPen. Uh, And absolutely recommended staff that are going to be involved in patient care Mm. in a radiologist clinic be trained in anaphylaxis, contrast, allergy, basic life support with the use of an EpiPen and that actually a specific kind of training course should be developed for these individuals to target specifically this kind of scenario or the scenario Mm -hmm. of an acute medical issue occurring in a radiology practice for both the radiologists and the radiographers. Mm-hmm. Once she was intubated and had stopped arresting and had some adrenaline on board, she was taken to the Royal Melbourne Hospital where she had scans in the follow-up days that showed a severe brain injury secondary to hypoxia. Mm. That severe brain injury would likely involve a poor prognosis and so life support was withdrawn actually eight days after the initial wow. anaphylactic reaction. And so – Things that were highlighted by the expert witnesses with regards to that whole management was essentially that realistically the scan shouldn't have gone ahead in the first place, that radiologists should be using their clinical judgment that if they receive a request without any information on it about the need, reason why, the patient's history, that they should be going back to the requesting doctor. The radiologist in this case tried to state that he did in fact try to contact the requesting doctor, and that he then ultimately used his clinical judgment to proceed with the scan. And he's, he's talking about specifically about her case, not any of the other ones. Yeah. yeah right. But the coroner was like, there's no evidence to say that you did that. There's no evidence to say you even met her before her mm. anaphylaxis. So yeah. I don't think that that is in reality true. A number of people, the 30 other executives, had participated in these scans before and no other radiology clinic had also yeah, none had raised any it. concerns to the point where the referring doctor was unaware that he was the referring doctor. Yeah. So no one had tried to contact him. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, the expert witnesses were a bit critical saying that well, radiology practices shouldn't be doing this kind of imaging. And ultimately they did have some protocols that suggested that as well within the radiology practice of if you don't have enough information, you need to contact. And he obviously didn't follow that either. Mm-hmm. So recommendations made by the coroner, as I mentioned, was around a specific course for education for all of the people involved in private radiology clinics uh, and that this should be certified and developed in conjunction with the Australasian Society of Clinical Immunology and Allergy, known as ASCIA, as well as the Australian Resuscitation Council, so that it's a good, robust course. And one thing that I haven't seen that coroners have mentioned previously was that then the coroner recommended that cases of contrast allergy 
you recorded over the period of time that they're developing the course and then after so that a retrospective audit can be conducted to assess the efficacy of the course as well. That's a really good idea. Not only initiating an education process but ensuring that that education process is having Mm. impact on outcomes that you are trying to impact. So I really quite liked that extra bit as well. They also suggested that if this is a non-urgent request and you don't have enough information and it involves the use of contrast dye, you should consider not doing it mm-hmm. until you yep. have the appropriate information. And so they could have turned her away on the day as well. Yeah, which sounds like she would have been okay with. Yeah. Yeah, probably. The coroner said that the Radiology College of Australia should put out a position statement around screening for cardiac reasons and whether a CT or other invasive cardiac tests are appropriate and acceptable to discourage these kinds of screening programs occurring. The coroner recommended that the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission consider whether enforcement action is appropriate against Priority Care Health Solutions, MRI Now, or related corporate entities for unconscionable, misleading, and deceptive conduct in their business, which gave clients the impression that the business directly employs medical practitioners when it didn't. Mm. Or gave the impression to diagnostic imaging practices that a medical practitioner has reviewed the patient before requesting a scan when they have not. Mm. I can see how that would be misleading. Yeah. I mean, this radiology company assumed that the doctor requesting yeah, knew had, the had, patient. Yes. So had seen the patient. When I talk about their protocol being like, you should call the doctor to get more info, mm. he would have known zero information because he'd never heard of this patient before. Yeah, which hopefully in and of itself would have been a red flag to be like, Hang on a second. Wait, you don't know any information about this person. This doesn't. Why seem is right. your signature on this referral? Yeah, yeah. And maybe the doctor would have just been like, "Oh, it's fine." Finally, the two doctors involved were referred to the Australian Health Practitioners Regulatory Association (APRA) for review of their medical license. The coroner was critical that the referring doctor was allowing his signature to be used fraudulently and the Was he allowing it though? He knew he, he knew it was happening. He should have known it was happening. Yeah. This is the same with like the director's conversation earlier. Yeah. Like he should have known. Mm-hmm. And therefore by ignoring or avoiding the situation mm-hmm. meant that he was complying with that behavior. Yeah. Or allowing that yeah. behavior. Yeah. And then the doctor who was involved in the anaphylaxis, the radiologist, was also referred because his care should have been at a higher standard. And ultimately that doctor had actually already undertaken education processes and things like that to self-improve prior to the inquest occurring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, and that would have been a very stressful situation for them to be in, so it it makes sense that they would have done – had some action out of that themselves. Yeah, you say that, but I mean, we've the preeclampsia case. Oh, well, yeah, true. There are doctors that have very stressful situations that but don't appear don't to what come out of it wanting to self-improve. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this one definitely did, but still ultimately did receive a referral because of the substandard care yeah. at that point in time. And so that is the case of Peter Hickey, who unfortunately had anaphylaxis mm. to contrast eye despite never having had an allergic reaction before. Mm. And despite never having any heart issues. 
Yeah, undergoing a scan. Yeah, undergoing like, oh, a heart like scan. The- I didn't mention, by the way, the heart scan was in fact normal. Of course it was. So I they mention. ended up doing one afterwards? Or well, like- no, she had the anaphylaxis at the end of the scan. Oh, I see. Like two minutes after she was given the dye, a CT scan only takes 30 seconds. Yeah, right. And so ultimately a report was generated for the scan that was done and it was yep. normal and all of her calcium scores were completely normal. and, and mm. yeah. So she didn't need the scan. No. She absolutely did not need the scan. And that's like it, I can see where they came from. In the, like it's, I can understand the intention behind it. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. But you are putting people through an unnecessary Invasive medical procedure. Medical. Because if it was a non-contrast CT, this wouldn't have happened. If it was – not saying that x-rays are appropriate here, but if it was an x-ray, this yep. wouldn't have happened. If it was Any an medical MRI, procedure, I think, is not without – an element of risk. Yeah, for sure. But, but it's you, that thing, like, the benefit has to outweigh the risk in order yeah. for it to be. But I also think that contrast allergies are, are rare and can have an element of management mm. that may mean that your outcome may not be so severe. Yes. Mm. Yeah. If adrenaline had been administered in an appropriate time or as close to immediately as it could be, then she may, she may have, have survived. I don't know. Like, I've. I find it a bit challenging because you're like, absolutely, no, she shouldn't have had contrast because, like, that's an invasive procedure. But in the medical field, CTs with contrast happen all the time. All of the time. And so I, I think that risk is absolutely perceived as much less invasive than so many other tests in the medical field that, like, mm. I think a you're lot of people almost think it's with without risk. Yeah, you're not going under anesthetic. Yeah. And so I can it's kind of simple... see how easily it happened mm. from that perspective in terms of yeah. choosing that. Don't get me wrong, it was so convoluted and inappropriately managed. Yeah. But I can kind of see how someone went, eh, CT, that's pretty safe. Yeah, I can as well, but it's just – it's sad in this situation, the fact that she didn't need this procedure. Absolutely. It wasn't needed. The only reason she had it was because someone else higher up in her company had a scare yeah. and wanted to, you know, help other people in this misguided way and then she didn't even want the procedure either. Like she I was, know. She kind of felt like she had she to. She had to do it. Like, yeah. it's just was a there horrible any- circumstance. Any information in there about the CEO and how they felt about this event afterwards? No, not at all. And actually, like, whether the the CEO must have been included in... Surely they gave the evidence. Yeah. Again, this, this case went for... Mm. Like, he detailed, like, no other inquest have I read so much information about, like... There were five whole pages about the expert witnesses just detailing who they were, what they did, oh, wow. why they were involved. Oh. And I was like, I don't – just tell me like a brief summary of who they are and They've what their opinion 20 was. 20 years of experience of blah, that's one sentence. Yeah, 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 exactly. And to the interested parties, there was three pages on whether MRI now should have been included in the inquest oh, and gosh. whether – was this their first inquest? I don't know, but so it's being super thorough. So I think I got a bit lost in terms of yeah. how involved the CEO might have been, but there were no personal comments included. Yeah. Fair enough. They're I mean he conceded are. that like his opinion was misguided. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, 
I would assume he would have been absolutely devastated because, again, he seemed like he was doing this in such good faith with such a good intention that it wasn't like this was ever an outcome that he foresaw. Yeah. I'm going to assume that that screening program that they had set up stopped after she died. They did do a few more scans because... Because they were already booked. Time. People were booked in. Yeah, yeah, I assume, like, you know, timing-wise. But, yes, yeah, so subsequently <laughs> ceased. I'm glad. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, the coroner was like, yeah, still more managed to get through even after this as well. Like, mm. But I guess if it wasn't – it obviously wasn't in that same practice because that yeah. same practice would have been like, yeah, no. Yeah, not doing that. But, yeah, the practice is obviously still allowed. And I suppose, like, it, what, she only passed away, what, eight days after the yeah. scan, so they might have been booked in in a couple of days afterwards and not heard about it yet. Or- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Devastating. Yeah, just her family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, a bit of a long one because it was convoluted. Thanks for letting me take you through it. And mm, it's interesting. Be cautious if your work ever offers you <laughs> free screen, free healthcare. Yep. I'm just never going to take it. To be honest, yeah. if I get offered, to- if yes. it's not in my best interest. Do you then- want some heart screening? No, I'm good. Um, yes, Thank thanks. You. Though. But if I have heart issues, I'll talk to my doctor about it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think actually the fact that like it didn't appear that anyone kind of went to their own health. Well, we don't know. It wasn't you mentioned. Better. Yeah. And I guess presumably the people that went to their own health practitioner may not have participated in the scheme. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting that she didn't reach out to her own health provider. But she may not have had a regular GP. True. Like, there may not have been someone that she felt comfortable talking to about that. Yeah. But also, again, it was just something that was offered by her work and she felt kind of like she had to take it. Yeah, just go do it. Just go do it. No harm, no foul, you would think. Yeah. Yeah, fair. But I still wouldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) You say that about a lot of these cases, though, where I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I wouldn't be doing X, Y, Z, but... Until you I've put in that situation, yeah, yeah, in, in those circumstances, you just don't know. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, we're going to wrap up, and we will catch be you doing on this the flip again side. next time. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.